Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Did Hilt send you to keep an eye on me? No. That was entirely my decision. You were right, I've allowed myself to get old too quickly. I shall leech off their youthfulness. Revive myself. <laughs> what is the real reason? Word reached me of the abduction of a young deacon. So I felt I should uh... You came to help me be a better father. Well, there is that. And? Wrong one, Blake. <laughs> Yoko was in the Sorcerer's Stone, so it's all good. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Last Kingdom on Netflix. (laughs) So grab an ale, sit back and relax, and let's see how England was born. Welcome on back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I cannot believe I just ruined that beautiful moment. Yeah. I, I, that is like, that's one of my favorite moments of this entire show, and I just ruined it. Straight up, just just obliterated it. As we as we teach our kids, <laughs> everybody doing? makes mistakes. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. As long as they don't become habits. Yes. Don't become habits. Don't <laughs> fun, become a repeat offender. Fun, fun teaching lessons with Blake. <laughs> Oddly enough, normally, Mary is the one that screws it all up in the intros. Hey. And I, I was just like, I was so eagerly awaiting. Like, just, I, when I saw it, I was like, this is the moment. This is, this is it right here. And yeah. We got you, man. We oh got my God, you. What are we doing? Well, listen, friends. Um, we are gonna run through season four of of the Last Kingdom. So if we're, you are we're listening gonna, we're gonna to sprint. this, yeah, like pretty much, you know, you know, when the shows have like those three year time gaps, when you're like, oh my god, uh, Uhtred's kids grew up, <laughs> <laughs> or Ethelfled grew up. Yeah, that's basically the speed at which we are going to be podcasting about this season, as the start date of season five is rapidly approaching. Oh yeah. And so, um, if you are not on our complimentary text list, I want you to get out your phones in the U.S. You're going to text the phone number eight ten. 10. Yes, there's only five numbers in it. Work with me. I promise you it's totally okay. It works. And in the message field, do the at symbol last 
King. So all together at symbol L-A-S-T-K-I-N-G. That's going to add you to our complimentary text list. We're going to let you know when the new episodes drop um, and we're going to rock and roll with those. So really, really excited. We do have a very busy spring. So if you enjoy the podcast that Blake and I do, make sure you're following us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, you can even just go to maryandblake.com. Make sure, of course, you're subscribed to the podcast as a lot are going to be dropping as Blake and I are able to do this. And we, of course, want to thank all of our friends at jointhenerdclan.com. Your support truly makes this possible. So if you enjoy the podcast that Blake and I do, and if you can donate as little as $2 a month, it's less than a cup of coffee. It honestly goes towards this mom and pop podcasting media company. We want to thank everyone there. All right, let's get into the show. Episode one of season four. And for those of you who haven't watched this season recently or this episode recently, here's our brief little synopsis. Um, basically, Bebenberg is the place to be. <laughs> Everybody wants to be in Bebenberg. So you better learn how to say that word in case you forgot for a little bit. But basically, Uhtred finds out that the Scots, yes, my people, are invading Bebenberg and have severely weakened their forces there. And uh, Uhtred says, it's my booth birthright gotta get it while it's hot Uh yay hey right everybody wants to be a scot anyway i think he would get along really well with the scots (laughs) so he says let's go fight asks edward for help edward says no and utrid says i don't need you i'm utrid of bebenberg i got this and he gets a lot of friends to join him along the way oh goodness gracious that was was a recap (laughs) I mean, Basically, it's a pretty good recap. Wow, my Thank camera you. is way off. All right, there Blake. So go. tell me some fun facts. Wow. Okay, my camera was a mess. Um, fun facts about this episode: Episode one, directed by Edward Basil Gett. You should know that name because he was the director of the last two episodes of um, I almost said This Is Us of the Last Kingdom, uh, and he, it looks as though he is directing one, two, three, four episodes of season four. Uh, and also, uh, I, as, as I had mentioned uh, last episode, he is directing the Last Kingdom feature film that will be coming out on Netflix. Uh, that looks, it's in pre-production right now. So, cause they just obviously finished season five. So they're doing that as of right now. The writer was Martha Hillier. You should know that name. I don't. That's <clears throat> because, well, you know what? Maybe you're not going to know it like through, you know, the grapevine here, but you, what you are going to know it through. Just about to lose my mind, honey, is, honey. Is if you remember, I brought her name up at the beginning of The Last Kingdom with Marion Blake as she is the new showrunner okay. of The Last Kingdom. Okay, so she's a big deal for season five. Big deal okay. for season five. Big deal for The Last Kingdom feature film because she wrote The Last Kingdom feature film called Seven Kings Must Die die and uh, it looks as though she takes on a lot of the episodes for season It'd be interesting four to well. see how a female showrunner runs it differently well you know i'm not gonna say that it's because she's a female but i definitely noticed a difference in the writing uh and in the um in how things are oh i don't know just produced just felt different. And the fact that the kids are involved. 
Thank you. Yeah, right. I know, right? Uh, as far as her previous works, Martha Hillier has written the show Vera, and she's also written the show Versailles, which is an interesting uh, not coincidence, but it's an interesting connection because Edward Bazalgette mm. directed many episodes of Versailles. So I wonder if there was some kind of connection there because she, Martha Hillier was not brought in until season four uh, of The Last Kingdom. So I, it just it makes sense. All these things, this, this is the reason why we tell you all these little details is because you get to start to see connections and how not only things are shot and written and produced, but how connections are made between people and how certain people have jobs together, they're brought in together, and then they bring in other people that they like, uh, and then they give them most of the jobs back. It's just how teams work and how you have, uh, how you develop strategies and also tendencies mm. uh, and it's it's always interesting to see how these things uh, come together so, so basically life in the television world is just like life in the real world yes, it's all about absolutely. who you know it's all about who you know definitely awesome so all that's right. that. So uh, shields rating so we love to do shields rating of course for every single episode and uh, my shield rating on a 1 to 5 scale is a 4.5 yeah, I think that's a fair rating, Mary. Thank you. Uh, as always, I'm lower than you. I'm giving it a 4.3. I enjoyed it. It is very much a table setter. It is very much a, a reintroduction back into the world of uh, of the Last Kingdom and how uh, all of our all of our stuff is coming back together again. All right, Marvin, uh, what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. All right. So kicking things off, my good for this episode was everything. And I mean everything with Father Bianca. Mm. I mean, honestly, it could have also been my great. Um, but I just loved how he has this beautiful relationship with Hild. I love how he put Queen Aleswith, no longer queen, in her place. Oh, yeah. And was like, oh, yeah, I know I'm not wanted here, but neither are you. Gave her the Mike business. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> From the top rope comes Father Oh, and Father you don't Bianca. like your, uh, your son's father-in-law? Yeah. You should have stuck with the first one. It sucks to suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up joining Uhtred. So everything Father Bianca. My bad is I am so over St. Osphur's body parts. No, isn't it Oswald? No, Osphurth is the baby monk. Oh, then yeah. whatever. Wh- the state's body parts. The hot and the whatever. All I think about is the smell of frog dissection that would happen in my oh, high school and junior yeah. high. And they always timed it when it started to get a little warm. Yep. And there was already like BO stench within oh, the, the yeah. schools. So you'd have the formaldehyde and the BO. Like they couldn't do it. I don't know. Maybe they did it so they could open windows, but I don't think they did. Yeah. So that's all I'm picturing are, the, are these saint body parts. So when the uncle holds up the heart. You know, you're like, oh God, it's like all gross. All I can picture up was like holding up my dissected frog. frog. Yeah, we did fetal pigs yeah, in I my did school. That too. Yeah, no. Mm. You actually did that? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know you took that kind of biology class. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Come on now. That nice. was my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. I oh. hated that. Okay, yeah. I hated, just hated it. Yeah. Want nothing to do with it. We did like cow eyeballs and yeah. earthworms <laughs> and pigs <laughs> and frogs and nope. all of nope. it smells the same. And that is how I expect the land of Mercia to smell <laughs> as they collect all these body parts. So I'm just so grossed out. I'm just yeah. so grossed out. And I whatevs. Uh am I great? Is Heston, aka hey, got Hector, his name right. aka that guy that likes chicken. <laughs> he knows the truth still. 
he has not forgotten that um, Cannot Weasley yeah. was in on the murder. Oh, yeah, and he's got of, no problem. I mean, now he's going to have a problem because Cannot Weasley was like, you say that again and I'm going to kill you yeah, too. I'm on to um, But I just love that Heston's like, wow, Brita likes you. How'd you get that? And Cannot Weasley said, respect. And he's like, yeah, respect, like getting her man killed. <laughs> Heston just keeps living. He is that cockroach. He's just a little just toaster. Keeps coming, man. keeps coming back. Uh, all right. My good is if, well, not if, it is the fact that they brought back the, the scenes uh, of young Uhtred to give us that emotional connection to the beginning of the series, uh, where it all began, and the beginning of Uhtred's life in his pursuit of Bebenberg. It's, it's not just oh, this is the thing that we're doing now. Because a lot of the times it, in, in The Last Kingdom, it feels like this is the thing we're doing now. It feels, it, it's like, uh, it's, as a, it's as if, you know, we're, we have this one goal in mind, we keep getting sidetracked. We're like, we're doing side missions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. And the side mission often takes precedent yeah. uh, in, in the certain seasons, but they're bringing it back. And uh, I just, I loved how, Uhtred has gone from, you know, being a, a, a straight up Saxon to being a Dane to being the Dane Slayer to you know to going back to being a Dane again and like mm-hmm. and and now he's just Uhtred Uhtred of Bebenberg and he just wants his home back and you can feel as though when he's on that boat going back to Bebenberg, mm-hmm. like he those are his memories and those are the things that he remembers of looking through the amber in his which is now in his the sword hilt and uh i just love that I, I i thought that was a great way to bring back season one and remember the fact that this is the the this approach this this is where we've this is the whole point mm-hmm. of where this has gone this entire time yeah. and now we finally get a chance to revisit it love it or at least embark on it. Uh, the bad for me, uh, is it me or is Alexander Draymond's wig? Is it a wig and is it like really bad? Like just season four, like Jamie Outlander bad? Oh, um... uh, because I feel like the first, obviously the two seasons, it was act- it was truly Alexander Draymond's hair. And my sense was that the third season was his hair as well. But for some reason, the so fourth- So the Mohawk extensions. Yeah, it just feels like- very super ratty and like dry and dead. Whereas the last season, it just didn't. And maybe that's one of those things that you don't notice unless you watch it like very closely together. Mm-hmm. But since we have been, there's just a big difference. Okay. And it's lighter and it just feels messier and rattier and just gross. I mean, it's more authentic, right? I mean, I suppose. But yeah, his hair just looks different. Uh, and so I don't like that, but the great, it goes back to what we played at the beginning of our episode here before I ruined this beautiful moment, which is that wordless moment between Uhtred and Bianca mm-hmm. and what that means for the both of them. And Mary, let's just begin this conversation with, with this topic because I would love to know what you think that wordless moment was between the two. And, 
you know, Uhtred has this wry smile and, you know, Bianca looks at him with this, you know, longing look a little bit. Uh, and I would love to know what you interpret that moment to After be. he said, to help me be a better father. He goes, yeah, mm-hmm. there is that. And then there's just this pause and Uhtred smiles and, and then they, they look at each other for a little bit and then they, and then Bianca looks away. I would love to know what you think what that moment is. Like what the voiceless, what's going inside Bianca's mind? Yeah, and what's going on in Uhtred's mind, if it's the same thing. Oh, I think I think Uhtred is just on cloud nine. The gang's all here. You know, Bianca and I are going back and it's going to be lovely. Um, part of me, for, for Bianca to bring up Uhtred's son, part of me thinks Bianca is very worried about this son. Yeah. And not everybody can keep up with Uhtred's lifestyle no. and his ambitions. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think Bianca is going through a lot of darkness still. So. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> after what he's been through. So I'm excited he's with him, mm-hmm. but I didn't. What was your interpretation of that quiet exchange? Um, well, because if you remember. You know, shortly before, Uhtred calls Father Bianca father, mm-hmm. right? And my sense is that that is not the the title that he's referring to for Father Bianca. It oh. is, oh, like, you're, you're my, my father. Dad. You're my dad. Um, and I, in, in that wordless moment feels to me like not only am I here to make sure that you're a good father, but I want to make sure that you have a father as well. I mean, they are family. He married Tora. So, yeah, it's almost like brother, but he's yeah. been older than him. So I agree with you. You know, it's just it's just this beautiful moment of just recognition and support and everything that they've been through together, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the the the, the anger and the disdain and the the love and and the 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 hurt of when Tura gets killed and and all these things just seem to ha- culminate in this moment that mm-hmm. the two of them share and this episode I think really brings us back on a level for Team Utrid uh, that it knows how to mine that kind of sentiment especially when you see you know after the the battle at um bebenberg uh after osferth and finnan come home mm-hmm. as they're on the boat you know finnan's on the edge of the boat and and he's got his arms and legs wide open yes. and he's saying hey we're here women of uh, of cookum we're here and then utrid's like yeah they can smell you already and it's just <laughs> like these moments of connection these yes. moments of re- of relationship these are the things that define our characters mm-hmm. it's not you know that they're super brave, or that they're that they go kill people, whatever. But it's just a a texture to the to to the relationships that they all share. I will say, I think it's a little different of a feeling that it gives you and I, since we were able to just binge these seasons back to back. Yeah, and you know, with Finnan and with Bianca and everybody coming back, it kind of reminds me of the feeling you'd get when you'd go back to college or you'd go back to school in September, and your your friends are all there. You still get the same jokes but everyone's just a little bit older, a little bit wiser, has their own things that they've gone through. And so I think as you're watching it in real time and you have gone through a hiatus without seeing these characters, 
um, you felt that way too. Like sure. you were coming back home to everybody. So yeah, and just watching them all interact, watching them, you know, be who they are. And like, you know, we noticed that they all have different haircuts again and they, and, and, and like Edward has long hair down to his shoulders and there obviously clearly has been some time that has progressed Mm -hmm. since the last season. Um, It's a, it's a big deal of what's happening. And that kind of goes into my next question, Mary, which is, and at least a recognition, which is there is a different showrunner. There is Mm -hmm. uh, someone who's now in charge of this program that is making different decisions than what it has originally been built upon for the pat for the first three and within this episode mary do you sense a difference at all in things how they're produced how they're written um does it feel more netflixy does it like I, I don't know i just i want i would love to know your thought number one because it's a different showrunner but number two if there it's a female showrunner is there something that you noticed from that at all i I will say, like, I didn't notice much. Mm-hmm. Had you not told me it was a different showrunner or a different writer, I'll be honest, I would not have noticed. But yeah. I will say I did enjoy this as a season premiere. Yeah. And oftentimes in more dramatic, long-played um, storylines of shows, I generally don't like season premieres because they do start slow and yeah. I wonder where people are. And I felt not only did we get to establish where everyone was, but I feel like I know where everyone's going and I got caught up quickly. Um, so I wasn't really that bored. Sometimes I am bored in season premieres. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, I agree. And, and you know, unless, unless it's a series premiere, usually series premieres are, are very good. You know, they, usually they have that, they jump off with a bang that gets mm-hmm. you into the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Season premieres are usually just setting the table, and and that happens in this episode, that which is fine. That, yeah. that that's okay. But it's usually setting up the table, put, putting out the pieces, uh, starting the narratives. But because we've had so much time invested with these characters, just seeing those reunions, seeing the the little things that you probably wouldn't appreciate in earlier seasons. Yeah, I, I think it makes it a, a good a good jump. And and the reason why I bring it up is because I wanted to talk about Stephen Bouchard, the original creator and showrunner of of The Last Kingdom, and, and actually mention some of the things that he said as it relates to why he left the show. Mm-hmm. Um so Stephen Bouchard, uh what he said in one of the interviews, oh, where is it? I got I got it in my notes right here. Um why does my camera keep changing? This is ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, he said uh, leaving his uh, the show was his choice. He'd done three seasons, and it's a show that I absolutely love, really, really love. But after 26 episodes of writing something for me, we were kind of coming to an end of an era with the Alfred and Uhtred relationships being heavily invested in that. So I thought that this was the right time to step down, step down with a new cast coming in. Yeah, it was... It was the easiest time and the most convenient time to break from the project because it was a perfect time for someone new to come in with new faces coming in for season four and take it from there. I absolutely loved doing the show and I really did. It was fantastic with the people I was working with but uh, and just fantastic people. So it was a lovely, lovely experience. I just felt as though it was the right time for me to take a step back. And then he says, continues saying that adapting um, Cornwell's novels, they were challenges. He's, he said, I do think because the books are so expansive, it was uh, finding a through line, a focal point, really, that was hard. So for the series, for instance, I kind of knew within the first episode, you know, that we had to make Uhtred a man. In book one, for a large portion of book one, he's a boy, right? 
Well, we needed to make him a man. We needed to establish the premise of the whole show, that he's an outsider from the off. Uhtred is neither Saxon nor Dane. So that had to be very much in the first episode. But there were so many stories of when he was a boy. It was finding how we can bring some of them into stories as a man, right? So we did our best to bring it. And in many ways, that also led to us needing the second book as well to give us more depth for the first season. And there are plenty of characters besides Uhtred to deal with as well. So what do you do with this massive cast? I was choosing which characters to develop fully. And if you read the books, you'll know that it's all told from Uhtred's point of view. So you always hear Uhtred's point of view of a character, for instance. With Alfred, he says that many times how much he hates other kinds of people. What we need is, and what we need to understand that is uh, someone else's point of view, building a picture of those characters. That was kind of a challenge with Alfred, doing a little research. He was such a fascinating man. The fact that he went to Rome at the age of four, he was very God-fearing and also so progressive as well. You know, he always felt like people cannot progress while there is a war going on. You need peacetime to really make progressions of society. So bringing all of them into it, that was the key. We had very much uh, (laughs) that we had very much each character feel three-dimensional. So, you know, how he has to pick and choose, uh, you know, um, who and what characters he was talking about and trying to bring in and and making things up, you know, and and about like Ragnar's death and all Mm -hmm. that. You know, there's there's this really, you can see what interested him. In in the in the books, and that yes. was Alfred and Uhtred relationship. Yes, and how do you think, Mary, this show will fare now that we don't have that relationship? <clears throat> I think it will. I think it will be different, but I think it'll be good. I think by this point, you're pretty well invested in a lot of these characters, and you want to see how things end up. And with Bebenberg being, I mean goal mm-hmm. for Uhtred. It's also been a main goal for us now. So yes, Alfred and Uhtred are gone, but Uhtred now has a different journey. And I hope, to me, I hope it doesn't get like stuck in too many other things yeah. because I do want to continue to see forward momentum towards mm-hmm. Bemberg, but um, yeah, that's, I feel like his story can't be done until he has that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, as we noted last episode, you know, you cannot begin a show the way that they did, you know, saying Bebenberg is mine Mm -hmm. and then not bring us there. Yeah. You know, you have to do that. Whether or not he succeeds, that's a whole different story. But you have to bring us to that point Mm -hmm. of how and why he got there. I, you know, there is an interesting opportunity, Mary, I think, for this show, and that is introducing Uhtred's son. Yes. And what that means to Uhtred himself. You know, we've always seen Uhtred as the younger kind of flippant mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't want to say immature, but just, you know, cocksure and and, you know, ready to move on a whim mm-hmm. and always being right and always... You know, for the most part, making the yeah. right choices, but being not, slightly arrogant in doing so. Mm-hmm. Now we kind of get to see him in a role that is more like Alfred. And how Uhtred's son could bring 
him back to the earth a mm-hmm. little bit. That was one thing I worried about that, you know, Uhtred's, Uhtred could never be brought back to earth by anybody else in the show uh, because he's always kind of, you know, been right all the time. There's no one, there was no one there that ever could tell him no. Correct. And I'm not saying that Uhtred's son could tell him no, but I think he could give him pause. He can challenge him in a different way. Yeah. So what do you think about that? And do you think it could go really right or it could go really wrong? Well, I'm just excited for this element. You know, we now no longer have the element of Alfred versus Uhtred. And um, Uhtred has been able to, for the most part, make choices without necessarily worrying about the repercussions of what it does to other people. You know, but he, his wife has been dead. He hasn't really been with his kids. So he can just kind of run off or not worry about being banished or just go on any mission that he wants to go on. Mm-hmm. But now, not only are the children established that they're still here, they, you know, we get know that there's actors that are cast as them, but he gets his son. So now it's not just, yes, I have kids somewhere, but my son is with me. So Utrecht now has to make his choices very differently. Mm-hmm. This isn't just Finnan, you know, and Citric and little baby Osferth, you know, chilling out and they're their own men. Mm-hmm. You know, they can choose to come with him or not. Now he has essentially abducted his son <laughs> who doesn't make the choice to put his life on the line. Yeah. And he's now taking him to this battle place um, and he's going to have to make in plan a plan about that differently. It's it's also makes me think a bit about um Gosh, what was that girl's skate? It makes me think about skate when everyone would just kind of, you know, take skate and tie her up to a tree or put her in a dungeon. He's not going to do that to his son. He's not going to treat him like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's going to be a very different element into now Uhtred needs to play chess. Yeah. So I used to say that Alfred would always playing chess. Now Uhtred needs to play chess because he does... Not only does he have kids, but now one of his kids is with him. Yeah, right. And there's a great, I think, symmetry. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, I think what you could argue a parallel between Uhtred and his son Uhtred, mm-hmm. meaning Uhtred was taken from uh, his Saxon home mm-hmm. uh, as a young boy. Uh, his He was uh, baptized Christian, and then he was forced to live among Danes. The same thing kind of happens here where Uhtred, uh, takes his son away from his Christian home, mm-hmm. as, as at least how his son has adopted it as his Christian yeah. home, and now forces him to live among mostly Danes and warriors. And hope uh, he likes chicken. <laughs> so much chicken, <laughs> uh, and and also like there's this great thing. Again, we we bring it back to Beppenberg and 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 how it all kind of ties back to season one, which is. I love the conversation where Uhtred is talking to his son and saying, I'm taking you to Peppenberg. And, and he says it to him like, you should be wicked happy about this. Your birthright. Like, mm-hmm. and, and what I loved about Alfred was that there was this almost this faith-based antagonism from Alfred and Uhtred between the two. And you're somewhat getting that, I think, with Uhtred and his son. Mm-hmm. And his son's looking at Peppenberg like, whatever, dude. I don't like, who are I, you? Yes. Who are you again? Like, yeah, you're my dad, but 
Yeah, right, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I, We've I got nothing in common. Yeah, we have. I don't like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a duck man myself. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, although I will say that horse that <laughs> that Citric brings, oh my god! It, it's I got that you was a so, present. I got you a present, little teeny tiny. Well, like, and shame on Udry for not approving horse. it. You know. Oh, I know. And but the very fact is too, like it goes to show you how long it's been since Uhtred has seen his son mm-hmm. and how much thought he's given to like, oh yeah, my kid, he's grown up now. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, when I saw that, I just, I just laughed so hard. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, speaking of Babenberg, we yes. got, we got Uncle Scar. Okay. Uncle Scar, what do you think about Uncle Scar and how he's doing it? And by Uncle Scar, we mean Alfred. Yes. Uh, what do you think about all that? Okay. First off, he loves the saint's heart. I'm not giving it up. Yeah. I'm a Christian man, and this has helped me all this time. Okay. Well, we'll we're going to see how well that works it, out for this you. This kind of comes out of nowhere a little bit. You know, this this the heart thing. I mean, I'm glad that the gross saint body parts are kind of coming back since it was gross and everyone wanted them. (laughs) So I'm glad that it's somehow back. And who knows how realistic this was? Like maybe this was a real thing and people had all these parts and it was really important to try to get them together. That's one of the things that's interesting, but not interesting enough where I Google it to think like, was some of this real? Was some of it not? Um, That's for Blake to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm... You know, in the beginning, I loved it. I loved their being invaded. I loved how it was like a sneak attack. Um, And this guy obviously is just not a very smart warrior. I mean, he leaves a bunch of his guys out there to die. And he's only got 40 left. And those guys are so scared. They're puking. They're tired. They're cold. And when challenged with, where are we going to get new people? He says, go get the boys from the farms. Mm -hmm. So not the best leader. Yeah, and he doesn't really inspire much leadership. No. I mean, and there's a great contrast here between Aelfrich and Uhtred, right? Mm-hmm. Uhtred is the one who inspires with loyalty and uh, in honor yes. and respect and name and uh, and uh, reputation. Whereas Aelfrich, you know, they they are certainly making him out to be the bad guy. 100%. Like, capital T, capital B, capital G, the bad guy. Uh, and, it, it, you know, like... And that to me is a little hard. I wish there was more characterization than he's just bad. I mean, but on the flip side, you know, those like curmudgeon people who just think that they're right and they do get to sit in their little high castles. And, That's true. You know, he hasn't really been challenged that much. What I did love was Finnan, Osferth, and Citric just hiding in the beggar's clothes. Yeah. Taking all those rings and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Where have they been all this time? Right. <laughs> Just chilling out in some like hut. Like I'm poor. <laughs> Let's go be scavengers who actually get loads of good stuff. Who yeah. get ring. I mean, that's probably how they got home. Was uh, all the money from that? Yeah. So that's how I feel about Uncle Scar. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with him and Ethel Fled, aka Prince Hans, when they get to potentially have some kind of Ethel emergency. Red. Oh. Ethel Fled is. Oh yeah, she's yeah. the girl. Yeah. Whatever. The boy. Yeah. <laughs> Ethel. Red. Ethel Red. Okay, Ethel Red. Since his monks are on the way, and of course, Uhtred gets this insight, yeah. so maybe he's going to dress up as a monk. We know that they have hoods and stuff from their little theater game of, yep. of playing the beggars. Yep. So, And now he's got now he's got a cross from Hild. Maybe he can wear that and yeah. pretend he's a monk. You know, and there was this great, speaking of Hild, there's that great moment, too, uh, where 
uh, he's he's talking. Uh, Uhtred is talking about Hild, and he's calling it like the great abbess, like the great holy abbess, and all that other stuff. Where was I? I had in my notes here. Oh goodness gracious, Blake! Where did you, you do can it? Just search the word abbess. Uh, you know what? That's a great idea, Mary. That's why you. That's why I'm here. That's why you got a a, a much better. <laughs> Uh, job done, and on yet your, I'm uh, the one that's stuck with COVID brain fog. I know. Thanks. <laughs> uh, where is where is it? He goes. Utrid um, says goodbye, pure and holy abbess, and then Hild says goodbye, you bloodthirsty heathen. Their their oh, their relationship is great. It is so great, and I wish there was just more of Hild. Mm. I remember when she first came on from season one, I was kind of like, like what are we doing? But the, you know what? She said an evolution. It's a big evolution, and she, you know, my fighting days are over. I'm just going to do the things. She's like I a want. fine wine. I She's know. just life was rough before, and I am living La Vida Loca. Yep. In retirement, and she gives him the cross, yes. and you know the whole thing, and even jokes like you can just pedal it, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but here you go. Um, so there are a couple of changes, Mary. You all yeah. right? I just got shocked by the mic. <laughs> So there are a couple of changes that I noticed in terms of the fact that Uhtred and Ethelflaed have sex. That's a change. Well, that's that is one thing. I was just gonna say there is a big time sexy scene between Ethelflaed and Uhtred, which is not something that we have really witnessed in this show, you know, to a big extent. We just had him be like, This isn't a good idea, we can't get together. And then season four changed his mind. Yeah, and like there have been scenes which alluded to sex scenes. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't been like a full straight rumpy, on blowout rumpy pumpy. And we did get one in this episode and it came. <laughs> it, it, uh, it, uh, yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, and it came very early um, in the episode. I think it was like the second scene. It was right after the stuff with Aylfrich. The Scots, yes. Uh, so. That is one difference. Now, whether that is the Netflix influence or if it was a Martha Hillier influence, that's an interesting conversation, right? Because what is Netflix after? It's after getting eyeballs. It's after telling a compelling story, but what being but using their platform to tell that compelling story in certain ways that only they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but does does that also comment on the tastes of Martha Hillier, right? It's not to say that because she's a woman, she wants to have a sex scene, but because she's just a different person. She's a different showrunner. She has a different style. Is it fair to say that the relationships in this show have kind of suffered, like the romantic relationships have kind of suffered because there really hasn't been a sex scene. There really hasn't been that moment of connection between I mean, people. I just got over it because Uhtred was just, you know, seemed to be having rumpy pumpy with anything that had a pulse and had long hair. Yeah. Um. So for a while, I just kept saying, like, I'm all set with this. And, I, you know, there was this, like, unnecessary sexual tension between him and Skade. You know, I loved his relationship with Brita. I loved... Um, his wife, um, the second one that died that broke his heart, Gisela. Yeah. Um, you know, there, but I just, I, for me, it just got to a point where I was like, okay, he's having sex again, but I didn't have that 
relationship to build upon. So for this one, yes, it's kind of come out of the blue, but they've had a relationship. They've acknowledged they like each other. We know that Ethelflaed is no prude between the sheets. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's down for some pagan pumpy. (laughs) So (laughs) pagan pumpy. So I'm okay with it. I just don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm okay with it. Uh, by the way, speaking of Ethel Flynn, what? let's just talk about, th- I think oh. if, if there, if, if there was ever a person, if, if, if there was a definition of friend zone, yes. you're looking at your boy Aldham. I think he was the first person that was ever put in the friend zone. Agreed. Here he leaves season three stabbed by Ethelred. Because he's kind of like protecting Ethel Fled and he's standing up for his own beliefs. And he still now is working for Ethelred. Yeah. <laughs> knows Ethel Fled is banging Uhtred. But at the end of season three, as he's bleeding, he says, Ethel Fled, I love you. <laughs> and now his job is to go warn her when she's having sex with Uhtred. He's the cabbie. Yes. He's the Uber ride home. Yes. <laughs> From uh, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Hey, you want me to call you a cab? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, let me get all the help on the phone. Oh my gosh, all time. <laughs> and then he says to her, "You know, I do, I, lady. You know, I do not speak in envy." Yeah, right, guy. I wish I was Uhtred right now. Yeah, all you want is to be Uhtred. Yeah, he has to say, like, it's not because I'm jealous that you're being an Uhtred, but, um, you know, this is kind of dangerous. <laughs> but I kind of am jealous. But, like, I don't want you remembering that I said I loved oh. you to make you not take this seriously. Oh, my goodness. And then Uhtred just sits Eating chicken. <laughs> just I'm just I don't know if yeah. he's actually eating chicken, but <laughs> he just, it just looks she, like chicken. She tells him, like, oh, your friends are coming back. Don't worry. I know that you're gonna miss me, but your friends are coming back soon. Yeah. From Bebenberg. And Uhtred just sits there for like the twilight transition. <laughs> There's a possibility. <laughs> when Bella's looking out her door and all the seasons oh, change. Man. And Uhtred just sits there and I'm like just watching Uhtred, his, his triumph over all hell. Get a new hell. friend. Just because your three friends are gone and Ethel fled left doesn't mean you have to pout. Oh. They'll be back soon. You can go to bed. Oh, man. Oh, man. Poor Allhelm. You know how I feel bad for his Brita. She's babysitting baby Knut. Oh, I know. And by the way, speaking of hair, Brita's hair in this episode, phenomenal. Yeah, she's she's pimped like a pagan. Oh, Primped man. Like a pagan. Primped like a pagan. Do you hear it? No. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to touch it so the electricity won't won't shock me. But she's running through the woods with these little redheads. And once again, here we are. I don't know how much time has passed. I can gauge yeah. a little bit by how long Edward's hair is and things like that. But all of a sudden I thought, oh, Brita lifted the curse. Yeah. Maybe she got pregnant with Knut's babies. Yeah. Because obviously they're Canet's kids running around yeah. with the redheads. Yeah. Hand me down yeah. roads, <laughs> red hair, must be a Weasley. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> but then, of course, they're not. They're from his wife. Yeah. And, and he's just brought them aboard. And, and Breda's just like, okay, yeah. we're not, not only am I going to be stepmom, I'm going to be. I don't be, know if she knows real mom's still alive. Who knows? Who cares? 
it, she's like Julia. She's like uh, the, the the stepmom. Uh, what's the what's her name? Susan Sarandon in the movie yes. Stepmom. Yes. But she's instead of smoking joints in in the movie, she's Brita's taking out knives, teaching them, teach them how to kill people. You don't take mercy. <laughs> you kill yourself. Kill little, yourself, kid. Little child. <laughs> don't let the Christians get you. Mercy's for them. Oh, oh man. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, and then we have, we do have Ethelred. We are, we see the hawk again. The hawk is brought back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have that. And then, um, Eth- there's a lot of plot in this episode. There is. I, I'm. That's why I think I liked it as a premiere. Now that I'm like looking back on it, like there's a lot of plot. We have the whole thing with the Danes and Heston going to, to talk- Ethelred's new best friend. Yeah, whose sister he wants to bang. Yes, and he tried to bang Ethelred. Uh, the the brother tried to bang Ethelred. Remember, she's like, yeah. yeah. So that tried to happen. They're like, we both want him. Yeah. So this feels like these people are just coming up, um, and then, and so then, but there's like a backstab because Heston has told Ethelred's buddy yes. that they're going to Ireland, but they're not. Yeah, but he got his silver in the meantime. Right. So, but the buddy believed Heston. The yeah, and so now. Told Ethelred. Told Edward. Yep. And told but, Edward's but Edward knows better. Edward knows better because he's like, no, I, I I, heard that he's still there. What are you talking about? Well, Uhtred tells Edward. Uhtred tells them if Knut's kids are here, yeah. then that means no. Yeah. Knut's actually going to be invading. Right. Like, don't believe Heston. Don't believe this new random guy that's Ethelred's right. friend. But Ethelred takes to the road and goes to East Anglia to do the things that he's supposed to do over there. And this was actually, sorry, quick aside, this was another thing that kind of tips off the fact that there's a new showrunner. We have the girl with the with the, uh, uh, Thor's hammer that is introduced uh, in, in the Oh, in the Dane woods camp. when everyone's dead? Yeah, like okay. she was the girl that came from the Dane camp, and then they, they sent all the women off. Okay. And they followed her, and we could tell it's the same girl because of Thor's hammer. Okay. And then when the the Mercians come and take over East Anglia, they show that the girl was there. It's kind of like the girl in the in the the pink the pink uh, coat in Schindler's List. Like okay. you remember that? Like yeah. the girl in the pink coat. You know, you knew who she was because and you followed of her. A visual cue okay. because of a visual cue. So you know the Mercians are attacking a Dane camp. Yes, of women. Of women, and it, they keep showing you, and they like they show you the girl in the pink coat early on in the film, and they show you the girl with the Thor's hammer early okay. in the episode, and you kind I of miss that. follow okay. along. <laughs> you kind of follow along with them throughout the film, and then at the end, you see the girl with the pink coat. She is, you know, hashtag hashtag dead, and so is uh, the girl with Thor's hammer. Um, you never, ever, ever, ever saw that under Stephen Bouchard's writing. Like he never took another person's perspective like that. Okay, uh, and I think that's an interesting difference as well. Okay, uh, but so now we have Mercia going to East Anglia, and now the Danes are going to Mercia. Yes, to take over Mercia. Yes, and then have the North so that they can come down to the rest of England. Yes, um, and that's. Interesting. And all the while, Uhtred saying to Edward, hey, give me some guys so I can go get Bebenberg so we can, you can have a stronghold in the north and you'll rule all of England. And Just what your dad wanted. And you could see Edward kind of like buying it. And then Father-in-law. Eth- Ethelheim yes. shows up and like gives him the look. He's like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? And then Edward just kind of listens. Yeah. And... Edward listens to Ethelheim or whatever the guy's name is. Father-in-law. Yeah, the father-in-law. Uh, Phil. I'll call him Phil. Uh, 
he listens to Phil by taking out all of um, King, uh, Alfred's papers and they're going to make it a war room. And it like, is Ethelhelm. Yeah. Ethelhelm. Ethelhelm? Ethelhelm? Is it Father-in-law Ethelhelm. Yeah, Phil. Um, Lord, you can call him. Lord Phil. I'm going to call him Lord Phil. Ethelhelm. Sure, Ethelhelm. Um, Father-in-law, Lord yeah. Ethelhelm. Yeah. Um, it, this guy's got way too much influence for my for my taste. Way too much influence over Edward. Yeah. And what do you think about Edward not helping Uhtred? So Edward obviously had daddy issues. Oh, yeah. And I think when the father-in-law came in, he just paid a lot of attention to Edward. And Edward just remembers his dad being kind of a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. you're not worthy. You're not ready. Oh, let's get rid of your wife. Let's get rid of your babies. And then this guy comes in and he's like, hey, you want to marry my pretty daughter? I'm pretty rich and uh, I'm really smart. And I can just see him being a little snake and complimenting Edward here. That I love your hair. You know, it's very yeah. kingly. <laughs> you know, so just giving him these little boosts that Edward really didn't get from his dad. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why he has his But influence. you would think that Edward... Would know, I think, more Edward's than a pushover. Would know more than most that it was because of Uhtred that his father was able to be the king that he was. Yeah, but he's now had his mom spewing all this hatred of Uhtred, and he's had now his new father-in-law probably spewing his hatred of Uhtred. So, yeah. And, yeah, I suppose you're and right. And his like new father-in-law has these great ideas of let's build some really cool walls. And it sounds like Edward likes to see cool walls yeah. be built. And notice, too, that it's Ethelhelm, Phil, who wants to build walls where it was Alfred who said very specifically, we have to stop building walls between between mm-hmm. tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very um, important distinction that Martha Hillier is making for all of us. Mm-hmm. E- even though you don't recognize it at the time, your brain does. Yeah. Your brain sees it and says, that's a problem. And uh, that is great writing in and of itself. So we end up with Uhtred and his buddies on a boat with baby Uhtred. Mm-hmm. And here we go. And that's Giddy that. up, friends. All right. Uh, you got a destined to be theory of the week. Well, actually, theory of the day, because we're going to be plowing through these episodes. I think that Uhtred. Oh, oh no. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go. I think that Uhtred will wear Hild's necklace as he pretends to be a monk. Oh, good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. For me, there is... 0.0 chance that this raid on Beppenberg works. Aww. They are going to, someone's going to die. Guaranteed. Someone who I love. Finn and last. I mean, this, why can't they just kill young Uhtred? Uh, That's an easy kill. <laughs> it's true. Does young Uhtred die? I'd be okay with that. I don't think that he does. I mean, he's kind of whiny. <laughs> 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 he's not like cool Osfirth. Osfirth at least was like, hey, I'm a monk, but I'm kind of funny. If there's anybody that dies, it's Osfirth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Finnan will not take this well. I don't I don't think Bianca dies. I don't no. think Bianca dies. I, I, I mean, don't you think... could kill Citric. I he's... was just going to say Citric may die. I'd be okay with that. One of them is going to die. You cannot go to Bedford. In, in episode two, you think one of them's going to die? Yes. You think one of the people. Well, on- it, it may not be episode two, but whatever episode this. They visit Bebenberg. Visit Bebenberg and they go to try to take it out. Mm. Um, How about just one cross. of them gets maimed? 
You know, like it's a peg leg or something. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Did they have peg legs then? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that happens because it's just too much of a pain in the ass to the, to recreate okay. every episode. Fine. Um, no peg legs. Someone's croaking. Someone's croaking. Well, Citric has a family. Might be Finnin. <laughs> it's not going to be Finnin. Good. It's too important. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready to close this bad boy out? Yes. Let's do it. We want to thank you so incredibly much for tuning in to this episode of The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. Reminder that Blake designed some really fun stuff at the maryandblakestore.com. So if you wanted to check out some shirts there, we're more than happy for you to check that out. Not more just more than just shirts, oh. by, by the way. We got products galore. Oh. We got phone mugs. covers, mugs, bags. You 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 think of it, we got it. We got Pens, it. Pens, buttons. <laughs> It never ends. We got merch coming out of our ears. That is right. Um, and yeah, that is the scoop. So for now, ladies and gents, my name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Destiny is all.